Welcome to AudioPie's English Literature and Language Show. You can dip into huge chunks of over 19 series for free and learn on the go. Happy listening, everyone. Welcome back. Last time we began to look at the characters in more detail, focusing on Jan, Mark, and Phil. Today we will continue our focus on the characters and begin by looking at Phil's girlfriend, Leah. In a number of scenes, the audience is shown the very one-sided nature of Leah's relationship with Phil. She is clearly insecure and concerned about their relationship, but she gets very little response from Phil. Her monologues are rambling and show her confused state of mind. She is clearly trying to seek Phil's attention. She does this by talking about topics that seem completely unrelated to the situation the characters find themselves in, putting herself down and doing something that is physically shocking. But none of these attention-seeking techniques get any response from Phil. Leah appears to have a sense of morals. She tries to reason with others and is clearly able to think independently and is not afraid of speaking her mind. However, she's also not strong enough to influence Phil's decisions or indeed the actions of anybody in the group. Following Adam's reappearance, Leah tries to reason with Phil. It's Adam, Phil. Adam, we used to go to his birthday parties. This not only shows us about her character but also reveals how long she has known Phil. Yet, this would appear to stand for nothing for Phil. Richard appears at first to be a strong character with leadership qualities. He stands up to John Tate. You shouldn't threaten me, John. However, he is soon put in his place by John Tate, and Richard seems bitter. He deals with situations by resorting to sarcasm and put-downs, and is overwhelmingly negative. Interestingly, by Act 4, Richard seems to be behaving in the same way as Leah, replacing her almost. He speaks a monologue, talking about something unconnected, and attempts to get Phil's attention. John Tate only appears in one scene. He tries to lead through fear, but clearly panics during Act 1, Scene 1, trying to ban the word dead as he falls apart under the pressure of what has happened. He threatens others, but his behaviour really stems from his own insecurities. Kathy is seen to be a particularly cold and callous character. At first, she describes the situation as better than ordinary life. She finds it exciting and shows no regard for Adam. Indeed, she seems more interested in the thought of financial gain after being asked for a TV interview. It's unclear whether she collects DNA from the actual postman who fits Phil's made-up description through genuine malice or an attempt to impress or whether she simply doesn't comprehend the consequences of such an action. However, we see Cathy rise to second-in-command, and essentially gang leader by the end of the play. Richard's comments really sum up what Cathy has become. Cathy doesn't care. She's too busy running things. And most worryingly, she's insane. She cut off a first-year's finger. That's what they say anyway. Brian is seen as the weakest and most vulnerable member of the group, for Phil, as with all bullies, this makes him an easy target to manipulate and exploit. For Phil's plan to work, the police must believe that Brian could conceivably be such a victim. Brian is continually bullied by all the others too. Richard shows his blatant dislike for him, and Kathy actually slaps him. Of course, Phil threatens Brian with the same fate as Adam. 
Sadly for Brian, he has no reason to believe that Phil would not carry out this threat, and the continued abuse and guilt becomes too much. We hear that he has prescribed medication and is seen playing like a small child later in the play. Danny is the most sensible of all the characters. He has plans for the future and wants to be a dentist. He is the only character who appears to know what he wants to achieve in the future. Perhaps Dennis Kelly is showing how plans can be wrecked by getting caught up in gangs. He certainly seems to recognise the impact his involvement would have on his future career plans. Lou is the sort of person who will blindly follow whoever the leader is at the time. Again, Dennis Kelly might be showing the dangers of behaving like this, especially in a gang situation. Lou is essentially controlled by fear and says very little of any substance. Typically, her lines are short and simple. We're screwed is a good example as it reveals her innocence and her need to be told what to do. She seems incapable of really thinking for herself. And that just leaves us with the victim, Adam. Mark and Jan paint a picture of Adam trying to fit in and enjoying the things that were being done to him. Mark says, Oh yeah, Adam was... he was laughing harder than anyone. Of course, it's important to remember that we are only getting Jan and Mark's version of events here. However, Adam does symbolise the tragic figure of someone desperate to be included within a group. His character also shows how easy it is for a bit of a laugh to get seriously out of hand, and how, inevitably, the weak and vulnerable tend to be the ones that are manipulated by others. Thank you very much for listening. Next time we will be looking at the themes in DNA. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to search for and listen to the next episode in the series to build your topic knowledge. Hit the Acast Plus link in the show description to become a premium supporter and unlock access to every episode in every series for as long as you need. We also make GCSE and A-level content for history, RE, sociology and psychology. Happy listening, everyone.